morning, Summit Church. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Merry Christmas to you. We're going to worship. Here we go.
joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare in room. Heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven.
today we adore you, God. We adore you in this place, God. We thank you for what you did for us. God, that no other God could do what would do, Jesus. God, you sent your only son, Jesus, to die for us. God, we are so grateful. And the cry of our hearts today is just thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Christmas. Good to see everybody this morning. Awesome, awesome. I just love those little Christmas according to kids. Remember, it's always the kids that we've made. How many were a sheep growing up in the nativity scene, you know, when you're a little kid? Uh, man, my kids hated that. They <laughs> scarred to life. I, I heard about this little kid. He, he was, uh, he was, took a little Jesus out of the manger scene uh, and had put it in his wagon, was pulling him down the street, and the, 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 the owner of the manger scene came out and said, hey, son, what are you doing? And the little boy said, sir, I, I was given a wagon for Christmas, and I told Jesus before Christmas if he gave me a wagon, I'd give him a ride. So I'm just giving him a little ride. I don't know if you heard about the uh, couple. They were at the sh Christmas shopping over at the Tanger Outlet Mall, and uh, they were out there, and he was in a long line. They were, he goes, look, I, you stay in line. I, I got, I'm going to go mill around and uh, and and uh, I'll just meet you a little bit. So anyway, they were. She, she finished checking out, and he was nowhere to be found. She called and said, "Where where are you at?" He goes, "Well, sweetheart, do you remember that jewelry shop that we uh, we went to about ten years ago? And, and remember, you fell in love with that beautiful that beautiful diamond necklace. And I, I couldn't afford to buy it for you at the time, but I said that one day I I come back and I buy it for you. And she's like, Oh, really? And tears start coming down her cheeks. Oh, really? Yes, I, I remember that place. He goes, Well, I'm in the store next to it, the tool store right next to it. Just you can find me there. Oh gosh. Well, hey, do you love Christmas? I love this time of the year. It's a wonderful time. We, we've been talking just last week. We introduced this whole thought about Christmas lyrics, and many people don't realize that actually there are four different people that began to sing songs during this particular event, Jesus' birth. One was Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, and he, after hearing the news and getting his voice back, began to sing a song which was recorded in the Bible about that great event. Mary herself, after getting the news that she was going to have a child, uh, went to Elizabeth's house and began to sing a song, again recorded in the book of Luke, uh, as well as the angels came and they began to sing uh, glory to God in the highest peace on earth, goodwill to men. And uh, that song was recorded. And then lastly, the prophet Simeon began to sing as well when Jesus, on the eighth day of his dedication, was brought to the temple. And, and so what we find is that there's these, all these songs being sung during this time. Songs are important. Songs, that, in fact, one whole book of the Bible is Corey written called the book of Psalms, which means songs in Hebrew. And, and songs, are, songs are things that are done from an, in, it's an intimate way of expressing yourself. Would you agree? It's a way of just kind of sharing with someone the deep, heartfelt thoughts that you perhaps have of them. And so we see these four songs. I want to talk about Mary's song for a few minutes this morning. Let me just talk about Mary herself for just a moment. You know, some theologians believe that 
She was just 12 or 13 years old because in that culture, uh, women, you know, had children very young. They got married very young. Can you imagine your 12 or 13-year-old having a baby? That's scary right now, to be honest. But that was the case, we believe, with Mary. She was from a region called Galilee, which was a farming rural community, more specifically a town called Nazareth, which was basically a little podunk hole-in-the-wall place that no one ever heard of and much less ever go to. And this is where Mary is found. She's, we do know from her, from what the Bible has told us, she was a very devout woman. She was a God-fearing lady. She actually knew quite a bit of Scripture because she would quote it in her song. We know that she was a descendant of David, and she had a very pure heart. I think probably most significant uh, was the fact that, hmm, that she was a very, well, I'll bring that up in just a second. And so anyway, Gabriel shows up at this moment. Um, obviously, as we just learned, she was doing laundry, and uh, of course, we don't know that's to be true. But anyway, he, she, she, she has this uh, visitation from Gabriel, one of the two power angels, Michael and Gabriel. And uh, Gabriel tells her that she, she's going to have a child, and uh, the child is going to be conceived by and the, through the Holy Spirit. And some people go, well, that's impossible. In fact, Mary even said that's impossible. But how many know nothing's impossible with God? In fact, if you can get past Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2, where God created the world with his breath and with the spoken word, and you can believe that, then you can anything else in the Bible is gravy. You can believe anything, right? And I still do believe that God is a God of miracles even to this day. But this presented a little problem for Mary, the fact that she was going to have a baby, uh, because um, she wasn't married yet and hadn't even... Um, you know, had that opportunity, but she is now found with child. Can you imagine how she tried to explain this to her mom and dad? Hey, mom, dad, y'all need to sit down. We need to talk. All right. What you got to say, Mary? Remember, Mary's a good girl. She's a, she's a devoutless. She's a very kind. In fact, one of the reasons I believe that Mary was even chosen the, 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 the uh, angel even said, you're highly favored among women. Why would God pick this woman? Listen to me. I believe one of the reasons was because she was a very forgiving person. And she, was, she wouldn't hold things against people. Because can you imagine living in a small town and having to explain to them the, the way you got pregnant is that you were conceived by the Holy Spirit? Hello? You would be the talk of the town. You would be the end of every gossip chain. You would be everybody at, at every coffee table in town would be talking about, oh, did you hear about the young girl, Mary? Uh-huh. She claims she is carrying the Messiah. Hmm. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Something's wrong with little Mary. She's lost it, and, and yet Mary held true to her story. I, I imagine a couple of her friends came and pulled her to the side and said, Mary, listen, we, everyone's made mistakes and people can be forgiving. Why don't you just come clean and just, you know, admit what happened and, you know, everyone will understand and just, but you can't, you got to get off of this little crazy story you made up about, you, you were visited with by an angel and now you've been conceived by the Holy Spirit with the Messiah. That's crazy, Mary. You know, kind of, 
Mary, stop it. And, and, and so Mary's like, no, I'm telling you, this is what happened. And guess what? She stuck to her guns and kept her story. And, not, and it took, would take her about at least 30 years before finally she would be vilified and justified when Jesus began his ministry. She was a precious, wonderful young lady carrying the Son of God. And some things she began to experience, I think, is very important for us to understand because at this point, she would literally begin to usher in the most dramatic three decades of history. I mean, she was able to keep her story because, because in the course of this child who's going to be born, after 30 years, it would culminate with three incredible, powerful years of Jesus' ministry, culminated by the three most dramatic days in the history of the world where Jesus would come out of a grave and conquer sin, death, and the grave. So Mary was this incredible, favored woman, and she was able to rejoice in God, her Savior. I love that song, Mary, Did You Know? How many have heard that song, Mary, Did You Know? If you have, you need to kind of Google it, listen to it today, Mary. Did you know that the baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy would come and this little boy that you would deliver would soon deliver you. Those are powerful lyrics, right? That boy that you would deliver will soon deliver you. Don't have time to read the passage of Scripture. You can go back later, Luke chapter 1, and read about Mary's song that she wrote. But a couple of things that we want to point out about this song that she wrote is that you realize, uh, like she did, uh, that when you see what God has done inside your life, you just got to sing. Uh, there's something that happens inside your spirit and your soul. In fact, she would start off with her little song and say, My soul does magnify the Lord. My soul does magnify the Lord. My soul does magnify the Lord. And my spirit doth rejoice in God my Savior. And she would go on with this great, great song. Here's a couple of things we learned that caused Mary to sing. Number one, she saw that the mercy of God entered into her life. In fact, the song that she would write, as you read it, she mentions the mercies of God several times. The word for womb in Hebrew is actually the word defined as mercy. In her womb now came the love of God, filled her womb, and the mercy of God began to allow this little child to grow. The womb, it represents the love and the mercy of God. It was what Jesus was referring to when he was talking to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus came to Jesus in the secret of the night in John 4 and said, Jesus, I understand you are a great teacher 
but I need to know, what, how do I get eternal life? What's this all about? And, and Jesus said to him, well, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. Nicodemus says, no one can be born again. That's crazy. What is Jesus talking about? What he was actually saying is that you've got to enter into the womb of God's love and mercy. You've got to invite Jesus uh, into your heart. and You've got to as well carry Jesus in your womb. And, and God's presence has got to fill your life. And that's what, that's what being born again is. You're inviting Jesus into your life. The second thing we see about Mary, and the last thing we'll talk about, was that she was overwhelmed that heaven would come to earth. It didn't say earth to heaven, but heaven to earth. The reality of the kingdom of heaven began to grow inside of her, that this Jesus, this, this Messiah, actually was coming from another dimension. Uh, I, Paul referred to it as the great mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And she began to understand that something heavenly began to reside in her earthly being. How many know you're an earthen vessel? How many know you're an earthen vessel? That's a question. You can say yes or no. <laughs> y'all, I don't know. Y'all eat too much cookies or eggnog? What's going on here? And so, so heaven came and invaded her space. The Bible says in Genesis 1, 1, I referred to it just before, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It doesn't say God created the earth and the heavens. He created the heavens first and the earth. Heaven is always first. The point is that mercy and love descended from heaven to her earth. Her earth and vessel, her earthen vessel became the home of something heavenly. Here's the newsflash for all of us this morning. Heaven doesn't come from the earth. It comes to the earth. Heaven doesn't come from here. Heaven comes down to here. It comes from a dimension where God lives. Heaven comes to our earth. In other words, hope never comes. I can't conjure up hope. I can't conjure up peace. And I can't conjure up love. I can't. It's not within me, and neither is it in you, to create something heavenly and divine to come forth from this being called my life. Y'all hear me? And the only good thing that is going to come from my life has to come to me from another dimension. And it will come to me if I ask him into my life. Amen. This is what Mary's beginning to understand. My goodness, it's really a picture of us today. I can actually ask through a prayer, Jesus, come into my life. And the heaven invades my earthly being. And now I can live my life with heaven coming forth from me. That's why the angels had to sing, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill to men is coming, is now come. In other words, there was nothing good about anybody until Jesus came to the earth. Finally, real peace has invaded the world. My world and your world and real love has invaded my world, my earth, and your earth. Can you understand? Do you, do you see it, church? The, the heaven came to earth. 
So my question is, do you, do you live with this heaven to earth mindset? Or, you know, what I found is I, I found many people feel like they, they somehow can attain heaven if they work hard enough. You, you work yourself to the bone, but you're never going to be good enough for heaven or for God. You, for goodness sake, what? he's perfect. You, you don't attain heaven, but here's the good news. Heaven attains you. I don't work to get heaven. I just open my heart up, and heaven gets me. Mm. I'll say it like this. I, I can now live with a heaven-to-earth life, not an earth-to-heaven life. I'm not working my way to get to him. Come on, he's already paid the price. All I got to do is open up my heart, and heaven comes here. Everything now begins with heaven inside of me, flowing out to the earth. That's why there's a beautiful song, peace on earth and goodwill to men. Now we get to carry heaven everywhere we go. Come on. Woo! You get to go shopping this week for a few days, and you get to walk in the store. Heaven walks in the store. Come on. That, this is what has happened inside of us. It's a miracle. It is a, it's what God had longed for from the very, from the very beginning. He, he walked with Adam in the garden, and now then that just all messed up and got crazy. But now God has restored that relationship, and heaven has come to earth. That's why Mary could be told, did you know that this baby you deliver will soon deliver you? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? Years ago, at the age of eight years old, at a Billy Graham crusade, I asked Jesus to come out of heaven and step into my earth. And he came into my life, and I received him as my Lord and my Savior. My life has never, ever been the same. And this morning, I want to ask you a question. What a wonderful opportunity on this Christmas service to ask Jesus to come out of heaven and make his abode into your earth, to make him your Lord, to make him your Savior, and to say, God, I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. I surrender my life to you. I prayed that prayer with Dr. Billy Graham years ago, and I've never fallen away from that. It's been the most incredible journey of my life. And I know so many people have prayed that same prayer. I'm going to pray that with you. So if you're here this morning, you would say, Pastor JP, I, I want to know Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, just like you're talking about. I want to see heaven invade my earth. I know I need to surrender. I need to lay my life down and let him come and invade my life. And this is the day I choose to do it. I just want to pray with you right where you're sitting today. But, but first, I'd like, to know, I'd like to know that's you. Would you raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray with me? We had several last service raise their hand. Just, just raise your hand. Man, I, I, just, I need Jesus. Come on. I need Jesus. Yeah. Raise it, raise it high. Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand back there. That hand. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? That, that hand. Yes, sir. In the back. And yes, sir. Here on the left. I see that. And yes, ma'am. I see that hand. Those two in the back. On my right. Yes. Wow. Praise God. Yes, sir. On the left here. Yes, sir. Thank you, Father. Mm. 
what a wonderful, wonderful day. Well, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. In fact, I would like all of us just to repeat this prayer. I call it the salvation prayer. It's literally where you ask Jesus, heaven, to come into your life. Mm. So would you repeat, in fact, can we all just pray this prayer with me? Would you say it like this? Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for paying a price for me. to restore my relationship with Father God. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me white as snow. I give you my life. Do whatever you want to do. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God some praise for those that prayed that prayer this morning? Man, that's awesome. Thank you. Those that prayed that prayer. For those that raised your hand, man, we just want to say we're so proud and thankful. I get to call you my brother and my sister now. Come on. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We, we love for you to fill out that Connect card and just write on there your name and address and say, I, I accepted Jesus today. Put in that giving box on your way out. We'll just stay in touch. That'd be awesome. So we have these in your seats. You probably saw this when you sat down. If you could take that. This is our communion. We're going to take communion this morning together. And um, so there's two little, like, lids. That explain this to you how it works. Just a little cellophane lid, a clear one. If you could peel that back, there's a little wafer inside of there. We just want to take a moment and look at this for a second. The last thing that Jesus did with his disciples when he was on the earth before he went to the cross was he took bread and he broke it and, and he said to him, this is my body which I give to you. Isaiah, years before, had declared that there, were going to, there was going to come this Messiah and, and there would be stripes placed on his back that his body would be basically broken, as Jesus declared, and get guess what? And by his stripes, you would be healed. That's Bible. That's, that's the Lord right there. And, and so Jesus is telling the disciples, he goes, I'm about to go to this cross. My body's going to be broken, but out of my broken body will come your opportunity for healing. If you believe, if you reach out, if you... And so he says... As often as you get together, I want you to remember that. Perhaps today somebody here needs a healing in your body. Even I've seen many times people, even as they took communion by faith, they God even touched their physical body and healed them instantly. And then, and then he said, I, 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 I want to take this cup and we're going to, we're going to drink this cup, the fruit of the vine. We're going to do this in a minute. But he took that. So they drank this. And he said, now this is, is going to represent a symbol of my blood that's going to be shed on that cross. And so when you get together, break bread and, and then drink a cup. And, and, and then let's remember that through my blood, I'm restoring you back into a right relationship with your father. You'll no longer need a priest and all that kind of stuff. You don't need to slay a lamb and all that crap. You just talk to God, your father. Mm. 
What an incredible thing. That was the whole purpose of him coming. That's why we celebrate this incredible time called Christmas. So my question is, not a trick question, you don't have to answer it, but when was the first time we see Jesus? Well, it's in, it's in the nativity scene. It's in, in Bethlehem. That's where Jesus shows up, in Bethlehem. Is it an accident, or was it the plan of God that in Hebrew, the definition of Bethlehem, get this, is called the house of bread. It's called the house of bread. Now, some people don't know this, but Bethlehem also had another name called Bethlehem Ephrata. And Ephrata, guess what, means fruit of the vine. Jesus, at his birth, shows up as the house of bread and the fruit of the vine. My goodness. In other words, everything Jesus came to do was being proclaimed even from the very get-go and the very onset, at the very beginning, there at his birth. That his death was seen even at his birth. Bethlehem, house of bread, Ephrata, fruit of the vine. He was declaring he was his purpose on the earth, that he was giving himself as a gift, even from the very beginning, that he, this little child would be broken and his blood spilled as a gift for you and I, for healing and for forgiveness. Isn't that exciting? I know you'd love to clap right now, but you can't because you're holding this. Well, that's okay. So can we just, with a grateful heart this morning, can we just lift up our little wafer to the Lord if you figured out how to open it so yet? Let's just do that. Father God, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. We're grateful, Lord Jesus, from the very get-go, from the house of Bethlehem, the house of bread, you declared that your body would be broken for our healing that you'd be identified with our pain emotionally and physically. And Lord, you would restore us if we believe. So we take by faith today with grateful hearts this bread and say thank you in Jesus' name. Can we eat the bread together? Amen. And take the cup and open it up. And in the same manner, Jesus said to his disciples, they took the cup, and can we lift it up again before the Lord? Father God, we thank you for your blood that was shed on the cross for us. And we thank you that there's forgiveness of sins for us. We thank you that we are washed and made clean through your life. And Lord, we don't have to walk with our heads down, filled with shame and guilt and condemnation, but we can walk through the earth knowing that heaven lives inside of us. Mm. And that we are clean. And that even the mistakes that we have made because we have come to you, Jesus, Father God, you don't even see the mistakes because the blood has covered it up. For that we're grateful. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we drink the cup together? Amen and amen. Can we all stand 
and sing this great song together, Silent Night. Silent night. Come on, church. Holy night. All is calm. All is calm. All is bright. Round young virgin, mother and child. Holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep. God, we are so grateful for that night 2,000 years ago where you came and brought heaven to earth and allowed us through your life to now experience heaven in our earth. We will forever be indebted and we look forward to seeing now heaven come from our lives as it did from yours. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we give God some praise this morning for that? Amen. Amen. I want my wife to come, and um, we don't want to dismiss. We're not dismissed yet, so you, we got something very big to share with you. This is huge. This is big, big news. This is, this is like, like Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, all together newsworthy. Um, as you know, uh, several, uh, about a month or so ago, we began to talk about how we needed uh, our, our own building. How, how many know we, we talked about that? We, we need a building. So, yeah, so, so we found a building. It's over in County Road 12, um, and it's a, a red building. Uh, you can see from the Beach Express. It's 25,000 square feet. When we get done, the sanctuary will look something similar to that right there. Just kind of give you a, a visual of, don't see a red building. See, see past that, okay? Some, some of you are like, it's just a metal belt. Yes, it is, but it won't be. And so, um, so we just said, hey, you know, let's, let's believe God for $500,000 just as a, a, as a pledge, a faith commitment, three-year-long building campaign. Can, can we believe God that... That, that not just what we can afford, but something faith, something of faith that we can believe God that uh, maybe a little stretch that God's really going to have to intervene to do. And, and let's make a pledge and commit to that, that we're going to give towards this reality. And, uh, and so we took those, those faith pledges two weeks ago. And um, so this morning, I would just like to let you know what that total turned out to be. 500000 was the goal. And uh, can I have a drum roll, please? All right. Y'all ready for this? Are you ready? Anticipation. And the number was? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, it was actually better than that. I was just playing with you. I, I really, I just kind of just wanted to build excitement for just a moment. So, so, drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. Here we go. And the number is? Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, so lastly, I hate to say this, but, but I'm ac- actually, I was just fooling with you. It's actually better than this. I know, right? Uh, when, they, when they figured up the, the number and they told me, I about fell over with a feather. I mean, you could have blew me over. This is you. This is, this is us together. And I want to give you this. I'm not playing with you anymore. I, I was just playing with you. I'm not, I'm not pulling your chain no more. This is the real number that came in for the total amount of pledges for our three-year building campaign. Can we get the drum roll one more time, Mr. Michael, please? And the real number for Summit Church giving three-year campaign is... Can you believe that? That is crazy. That's insane. Y'all are incredible. And I'm like, okay, I had to ask three times. I said, y'all telling me to go and don't be playing with me. This that's not that's that's just like I played with you. I thought they were playing with me. That that's 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 the real number. And um and there's doable, it's gonna happen. And, um, and we're only talking about a 3.1 to 3.5 project to begin with. So we're almost halfway there to begin with out of the gate. And it's all because of your faith <coughs> and your, your generosity. <coughs> Come on. So thank you. My wife and I just want to say we wish you a Merry Christmas. We love you. And we trust and believe that you have the most marvelous holiday season in Jesus' name you've ever had. Turn around and give somebody a high five and tell them God's on the move. Can you tell them that for me? Come on. God's on the move. God bless you. Merry Christmas.